0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 12 of the True North Talk Show featuring Peter Burnett and myself, Joseph Staten. I actually got it right this time. Um, this episode, we, w- we wanted to talk about some things that are going on in the world. It's been a pretty crazy week. I mean, two weeks, I guess, but really the main stuff's been happening in the last week or so with Russia and Ukraine getting invaded and um, gas prices going through the roof and just everything we have going on in the world. Uh, it's been a crazy week. Um I also want to talk about on a different note, uh the new Batman movie. It's been getting a lot of buzz. Um also a little a little bit in the sports world talk about March Madness coming up. And then to wrap it all up, we're going to we're going to go into some scripture like we usually do. So to open us up, I kind of want to start on a, a brighter note before we get into the heavy stuff, Peter. So I want to talk about the Batman. So I yeah. I went and saw this movie for the first time on, I think, March 1st. I was part of the fan premiere, so I got, like, this early ticket, basically, through AMC and got, like, a little comic book with it and got an NFT and everything. It was pretty cool. Nice. Um, and I saw it again last night for the second time, so I finally got a chance to soak it all in, but um, what are your thoughts on The Batman? Did you enjoy the movie? Do you think it lived up to the hype? It's been getting a lot of interest in the internet ever since it came out. I mean, just... What would you think about it?
1: Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. I know we kind of briefly already talked about this before over text, but I personally maybe I'd have to see it again, like you did, to really, um, you know, compare it accurately to to the movies that I'm going to mention here. But I, I don't think it quite, for me at least, is. I don't, I didn't like it quite as much as I liked the Christian Bale trilogy, but I I really did enjoy it. I saw it on. I think Thursday, Thursday March 3rd. Um and again, I really I I did enjoy it. I liked the it felt a little bit more like Detective Batman than maybe some of the other ones have have felt like um and it was definitely sure. tough, tough and gritty too, which which I enjoyed too cuz yeah, I like I like seeing that sort of movie every once in a while cuz sometimes sometimes the the Marvel movies are you know, light and not as like hard-hitting as this one was and so i kind of enjoy that kind of change of pace this is a darker vibe for real definitely a lot of like almost all the marvel movies to
0: be honest that i've seen like it was a much darker vibe i mean even with the music nirvana you know Hmm. that nirvana song um what was it what was that song they they used i'm blanking on the name now
1: yeah i'm not sure Uh, either i know i know I, i really enjoyed the soundtrack though too I'm not sure who who did this soundtrack, but it was it was really well done. I'm gonna look that up. So, it's called "Something
0: in the Way" by Nirvana. Okay. Um, but yeah, man, the vibe. I love the vibe of the movie. Like it was. I don't know. This Bruce Wayne was a lot different than than Christian Bale from Christopher Nolan's yeah. Dark Knight trilogy. Um, I will say that you need to see it like twice at least to take it all in. The plot is it's very complex at first but you see it again you start understanding everything it starts clicking Hmm. i know the first time i saw it
1: are we gonna do any spoilers spoilers on this podcast because we kind of have to i feel like um i feel like what it's been a week since it released right so i feel like that kind of you know here's here's a official spoiler warning if you have not um you know, if you've not if you've not seen it yet, yeah, we can give you a like timestamp to skip ahead to um, to to avoid these spoilers. But yeah, I feel like we can we can talk about it again. There's for people listening. There's your spoiler warning right there from here until you know a certain timestamp, and we'll let you know when we're when that is. We'll probably put it in the description or something like that. Um, yeah, but yeah, so official spoiler, spoiler warning, warning. Spoiler yeah. warning
0: because we need to dive into this <laughs> a little bit deeper yeah. than are talking about. So, and just and real quickly um, too,
1: the composer is Michael uh Gia Giacchino I think is how you say it. Um for Batman, like so the background. for the music. Batman, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a really yeah. really good duh, soundtrack. Duh,
0: <laughs> duh, duh, duh. Yes. That was that was <laughs> definitely my fa-
1: favorite part of the part of the soundtrack 100%. Yeah. Bro, once I see his, once I see it again, that'll be stuck in my head, which in in a good way. Dude, his just his boots when he's walking. Boom,
0: yeah, the, the boom, kind of like sound like he had scene.
1: spurs on him too. Yeah, it made like a a little like a spurs sound. Yeah, bro, there were so many
0: moments in the movie that just hit so hard. Like, I don't know which one was my favorite because you had like the Batmobile scene when it first came on hmm. the scene when he was yeah. uh, in the shootout with Penguin. You know. Yep. And it's just well, fires then of course, up, I mean, it like, was it was oh, in the man. trailer,
1: but when but when it's, when when it comes through the fire. I love the oh, part yeah. where where the penguin's like, "I got you, I got you," and then and then it comes roaring through the fire, and you can just <laughs> see his face completely change. That I love that that part of the movie for sure. Dude, <laughs> they gave
0: they really gave penguin like time to like bask in his victory too. Like they were letting him like, exactly when he was sitting there cheering. Like he, they gave him ample time to try to flex his victory, but then yep. the Batmobile just comes flying through the flames. That was that when I saw it the first time like the theater went crazy. I started clapping and everything, which yeah. I don't clap. I want to put this on the record. I think it's super corny to to, to applaud in a theater 100%. because yeah. Bro. Like what's I get you your fans, but you, nobody's going to hear this. Like the producers are not going to hear you clapping. No, this is corny, yeah. but I conceded my principal <laughs> for this movie. I clapped. It was too epic for me not to. Like when the bro. Yeah. Just that was for me. The Batmobile. Can we talk? Can we talk about the Batmobile, bro? Like, what is it? Like, yeah. it was modeled after like a '69 char- Dodge Charger.
1: Okay, that was I didn't so know that. sick. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, man. Mean, I, I, I mean, I love movie, this the movie. The movie overall, the the cinematography of it was really, really good too. It was, uh, dude, yes, and a good looking movie to watch if that makes sense. Like, it, it didn't look like. I mean, it was definitely dark, so you you'd want to make sure that you. Don't watch it, you know. Once it's available on streaming, make sure you have your brightness up. Um, but, but I did. The yeah. cinematography was really good. Just the the way it it was captured, the way things were shot, I thought it was really well done.
0: Yeah, man. Did you like that scene at the end when when he's holding the torch, like leading them out? Yeah, leading like the, them uh, out of. Did, did, <laughs> did you notice
1: Garden? too the uh, the Gotham Square Garden? Total rip off of Madison Square Garden, but <laughs> I kind of got a <laughs> kick out of that for sure. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, there were so many. Like I said, there were so many moments. I'm trying to, I'm yeah. trying to sift through them all. Like, which one was my favorite? But
1: I think, I think my favorite. Just give you a second, and maybe this will make you think of what yours was. But I think I really liked when they realized that the Riddler. And again, here's a spoiler right here that the Riddler had um, a bunch of car bombs throughout the city, and that like, uh, oh like crap! They dug, moment. Dug up the you know? Yes. Yeah. I really I really I think Dude. that might have been my favorite moment in the movie just because it, I I like personally when the the heroes and I guess in this movie Batman was a little bit portrayed as an anti-hero he's definitely still 100 like the hero but just like and it's more actually it's more probably more than Batman more his parents were kind of depicted as anti-heroes in this one you know mm-hmm. heroes who mm-hmm. aren't perfect and have their own shortcomings and that's something else we can dive into from this movie about the about uh Thomas and Martha Wayne, specifically Thomas, but Thomas and Martha Wayne. Um but yeah Dude, that, that when, carpet scene when Alfred like that yeah.
0: Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your point. Well
1: I was just gonna say real quickly just wrapping up the, the carpet scene when he pulled that up and you know the Riddler in his cell like knowing what's happening it was, was a pretty cool, pretty cool moment for me.
0: Yeah. Um and part like the part I didn't get about that scene and the Riddler the first time I saw the movie I think he genuinely thought that Batman was like working with him,
1: like yeah. Well, because he's he, g- he legitimately he's got something he was wrong mentally. Together.
0: Right, he's yeah. yeah, he's got a mental condition clearly. Um, yeah, but I didn't realize that until like because the second movie it made a ton of sense. Um, because I thought the first time I saw it when Bruce Wayne, you remember when Batman was like, I think I'm his last target. Like this might be coming to an end. Like, yes, the Batman.
1: yes, I do remember that. Yeah.
0: I thought that the Riddler knew that Batman was Bruce
1: Wayne, but hmm. he didn't. I did, he too. I did, too, it. the first time I saw it, yeah. Yeah, because... Well, and, and I would say, in the moment, the first time I saw it, and then, obviously, when, when it came to the scene where the Riddler thought that Batman was working with him, I'm like, oh, he didn't He didn't realize that. When even... Even, let's dive into that, like, conversation a little bit. Like, obviously, we don't have the dialogue in front of us, but, like, that scene where they're talking in the in the prison cell for goodness half half or more of that conversation I totally thought that that the Riddler knew that Batman is Bruce Wayne like you were saying I oh yeah completely thought that
0: well dude like I said the first time I saw the movie I walked out of the movie with the impression still that Riddler knew that he was Bruce Wayne but the okay. second time I saw it um like I realized the conversation when Riddler said like we almost got him and he was referring to Bruce mm-hmm. Wayne He's exactly, like that orphan up in his high tower. We almost got him talking about him and Batman. I was hmm. like, "Oh, you don't even know." Okay, so you don't know he's Bruce Wayne, right? So, right. I don't, and I don't know why, but like that's just watching the movie, um, and you're like rooting for the protagonist. So in this case, it's Batman. Um, like you really don't want <laughs> you don't want Riddler to know <laughs> that he's Bruce Wayne. So I was, yeah. when I was watching it, I was like, I don't. I really hope he doesn't know this is Bruce Wayne. But, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm that person who.
1: I'm a type of person who kind of a little bit just because it's a change of pace. I sometimes root for the you know, for the villain or the anti-hero just because again, it's a change of pace, but I mean, the way movies work, you kind of end up rooting for the hero anyways just because of the way that they're portrayed. But I will say with a movie like The Joker, which is obviously also in the DC universe, and and other movies too, even kind of Thanos in in Infinity War, they kind of depict these you know, villains is having a reason for why they do what they do. And that's what the Riddler had too, obviously, Um, you know, with what happened at at the orphanage. Exactly. Did you, uh, what was I going to ask you? Oh, I forgot I
0: was going to ask you. (laughs) Dang. Oh, no, no, Okay. You remember the scene where Batman was like at the end of the movie and in Gotham Square Garden when he's up on the, on the rafters? Mm-hmm. And like he was kind of finished, and Catwoman was like getting beat yeah. up, and he took that freaking adrenaline, and jabbed it, and just went crazy. Yes, like, that was yes. that was one of my favorite scenes too. That went crazy. Yeah. I was that was definitely down, went, well, kind of Go! like
1: a <laughs> that was definitely kind of almost like a uh, an hero moment there because he's just beating the living crap out of that dude. Right. And so, and even then, then Catwoman was like, you know, you need to stop or some something like that. Like she again, I'd I'd have to again. I've only seen it once, so I'm well, remembering you know, as Batman's much of it thing as I can. Is like he, but
0: like, he won't kill anybody, right?
1: Exactly. But I thought he was there for a second. I thought he might. Yeah, he was about to. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's why she
1: tried to stop him,
0: which is yeah. crazy. Like tying the plot in because Matt, he, Batman had to stop her from killing like multiple people. She almost yep. killed that cop up there. She almost mm-hmm. killed her dad, which I thought. Yep. Carmine Falcone was like one of my favorite characters in this movie. Like, I think he did a great job, just the acting, dude. Like, you couldn't have had a better guy to play the role, man. That was a great job, and Penguin too.
1: Like, Penguin went crazy. I I think Penguin Penguin might have been one of my one of if not my favorite character from the movie.
0: (laughs) That scene (laughs) where they had him and uh, Gordon had Batman and Gordon had him like grilling him, and they got the wrong guy basically.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> he was like, "What are you talking about?" Like
0: this yeah. is a little New York accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talking about pronouncing L and "law" with Spanish. Remember that?
1: Yes. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> that, I got a kick out of that. So, so you telling me you don't know L and "law" "ratolada." You know.
0: well, <laughs> Whatever he said.
1: Because you know, you know, I have experience with with Spanish, Spanish, and everything, and that that that. Boda that, that gave me a kick there.
0: <laughs> El Borosabe sabe más que tú.
1: <laughs> I and would just, not suggest just,
0: anybody listening to translate like that. That means a donkey is smarter than you. <laughs> El burro sabe más que tú. Ah, okay, yeah, I didn't
1: pick up on that at first, but yeah, just a quick shout out. John Torturo was Carmine Falcone, and then Colin Farrell was was Penguin. So just a quick shout out to those. Not like not like they need a shout out from us, but shout out to both of those actors for for doing a really good job with those characters. Oh yeah, and and also another actor you you can't go wrong with Andy Circus in a movie. I, I liked how he how he did Alfred. It was a little different than oh his, yeah. you know, cra- cr- it was different than his crazy characters like like uh, Gollum or um, uh, what's his character name from the Marvel movies? I forget now. Um, but he was actually not not. It was kind of weird, kind of to see him like actually sane in this movie. Venom too. He's he's it- Venom in 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 the Venom movies too. Yeah. So it was kind of it was yeah. kind of a change of pace to see him as like a, a normal guy, especially because I mean he's a very different, just looking and I would say even acting person to um, Michael Caine. Um, yeah, and then I'm not I'm not familiar with who the who the actor is for Alfred in the in the like the Affleck movies, but man, who was that? Yeah, That's a I don't know. <laughs>
0: i'm not even sure alfred was in like because i've seen batman versus superman i think that's the only one i've seen with affleck yeah and i don't know if i remember who alfred was. oh uh jeremy irons was alfred okay so he i don't think he had too big of a role in those movies with affleck as much no, as no not alfred really did.
1: yeah not not as much as michael kane michael kane did or or even as andy circus did in this movie
0: Dude, I, that scene when Alfred and, and Bruce Wayne were in the in the hospital after he got hit by that C4. Mm-hmm. And like Bruce Wayne found out about his dad like having some dirt and stuff and then like that conversation that Alfred had with him. Yep. That was like I didn't cry, but I was I was, I was like on the verge of tears, man. That really got me. Like that was hmm. like after they reconciled and he was, Yeah, that like, was
1: you know, that was there definitely was no an emotional next of kin. scene. Like Bruce Wayne sure. was
0: it, you know? Like he had nobody yeah. else. And yeah, man, that was that was tear jerking. And then also, I love the symbolism too with the uh, the kid who saw the mayor, his dad get killed in the first very opening scene of the movie, and yep. kind of like him throughout the movie. And like how I just noticed how Bruce Wayne was like, he could relate to that kid, and like he kept seeing himself in that kid almost.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it was then, it was one of those things where it's like speaking without speaking just by the way that they shot those scenes and the way that, that uh that Batman looked at that kid you were like I mean that he's seeing himself in that kid. Dude when the cop was
0: <laughs> when Batman was in the crime scene and that cop was like, Hey what are you doing? Batman yeah. just looked at him, he
1: didn't say a word, <laughs> just kept going.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like okay yeah, that, dude. And that
1: that makes a movie better when you don't need to use like unnecessary dialogue and i think i think right, using that the silence. batman did that really well they did a really good job yeah. of you know speaking without using without using dialogue yeah man so this i w- i would say that this is up there with the dark knight trilogy
0: i don't know if i can say it's better though honestly I, it's going to take me some more time because i just love like christian bale did such an awesome job with bruce wayne like there was more yeah. elements to his character i think almost with bruce wayne um, in the Nolan movies and I think we're going to see it we're probably going to see a sequel at least maybe a trilogy with this with Pattinson and and Reeves so yeah. it's I think we'll have to see that next movie to really know like if they develop Bruce Wayne a little bit more with his
1: character because I think they need to do that in the next movie well um, what, do you, what do you think would happen in the next movie I mean I I, I expect them to make one too so I'm not asking that as like what can they do but what do you expect them to do in that second. I don't one. know. I
0: mean, clearly the end scene like that was Joker, right? In the in the cell yeah. with uh with Riddler. Yeah. So, I'm I'm kind of disappointed it was not um what's his name? How do you say his first name? Joe Kane Phoenix? Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix, whatever. Joaquin. Joaquin Phoenix, whatever. Yeah. Joaquin yeah. Phoenix, there we go. Joaquin, yeah. Yeah. I was disappointed it wasn't him, you know, from that Joker movie. Right. But, <sighs> I don't know. They're probably going to bring Joker in my friend uh, Jalen. We saw it a second time um, last night and we were talking about uh, apparently he was saying that that scene that I told you when, when Batman had that adrenaline shot and he got up and started beating that dude up. um, Hmm. Apparently there's like some rumors that that was like a, some type of, I forget what it was called, but some substance that Bane uses in the comics. So apparently that's like a okay. reference possibly that Bane might be in the next Batman, which. Interesting. He was in the the Dark Knight trilogy and the Dark yep. Knight Rises, obviously. But yep. So I'd kind of like to see some some different villains in there. I mean, I don't know. I'd like to see Harley Quinn possibly in the next one. It'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen I Suicide
1: Squad, but. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Have I mean, seen Suicide, right, Suicide Squad. Yeah, I have okay so yeah, i don't know
0: if, i don't even know if that's going to be like the it'll same be interesting. universe
1: though yeah it'll be interesting to see where they go for sure yeah yeah so and i mean the the thing is that the way it's looking right now it looks like they might follow the same especially with what you just said now could, pot- could potentially follow the same villain steps in the sequel and final movie as uh the bale trilogy with uh the Joker in the second movie and then Bane potentially in the third but I mean who knows they could throw a curveball in there they could you know lead us one way thinking it's gonna be be the Joker and Bane and then throw in you know any other number of villains so we'll just have to wait and see but yeah I mean I, I enjoyed it and I, I definitely would very much be interested in seeing what they do with the sequel
0: I'm yeah I'm looking right now at this the Joker Jared Leto from Suicide Squad mm-hmm. and he, I didn't notice this till now, but obviously that's the dude from Morbius. So yep. it'll be interesting. Uh, <laughs> gonna, are we going to have the Joker like simultaneously playing a pretty much hero in an in MCU movie? That'd be very interesting. It would be. If that was the yeah. choice.
1: Because it looked like Jared Leto at the end there, didn't it? Yeah, I I, I thought it kind of sounded like his Joker, too. That's yeah. who I thought it was. But I'm not sure if the cast attributes it to him or if they... If they don't have that, I'm not sure who was, who was cast as the Joker in that in that final scene. I mean, do they have
0: to say who was cast? Because they're trying to keep it a secret, I think.
1: I guess they don't have to, but...
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's about everything we have to say on Batman, so I don't think you ever said, though, if you ranked it up there with the Dark Knight trilogy.
1: It's... I've only ever seen like the Dark Knight trilogy and then the new ones with with Affleck like and obviously Affleck didn't have a standalone but he was in Batman v Superman and Justice League and those ones um I think this is above Affleck's portrayal of Batman not like Affleck did a bad job but just I mean I feel like we've been kind of uh, much much kind of fortunate directed. yeah um I think maybe this one's better than Batman Begins but I mean, two of my favorite movies in any universe are Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. So this one is not far behind, but it's it's third out of those out of those, you know, those four movies, including Batman Begins.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would say the same thing. I'm not sure I'm not even sure where I would rank the Dark Knight trilogy, like as far as where those stand, because people I I like Batman Begins a a lot because that's like the origin Mm -hmm. story. And you have. Yeah. Um, Liam Neeson and obviously I mean I just love the cast I love the story but wherever I would put my third Dark Knight movie I might be willing to say that this movie was like cracking that top three so maybe it's probably better than the worst movie from the Dark Knight trilogy at least Yeah. so I don't know we'll have to see but anyways switching subjects um, what are you thinking about this situation in Ukraine pretty crazy
1: yeah um you know, the one, the one big Are question verge World I have War right three, now, Peter? I don't know. I mean, the thing is, I think, you know, and maybe, maybe you can answer this. Maybe we need to both do our own research on this separately, but what, what makes this different from the invasion of Crimea back in like 2014? And the only, the way I ask that question is not to make light of the situation in any way, but this like. I would almost say maybe an overreaction that's going to lead to World War III. Did the same? I don't really remember if I'm being honest with you, what the reaction was when you know a similar thing happened when Russia invaded Crimea in you know in like around 2014, I think. So that's that's, that's my think thing Crimea with this. Is, as is big as Ukraine is it? Well, it's it's a pretty big part of Ukraine. That was just the first step.
0: So. I'm not exactly sure. I'd have to do more research on Crimea, but I do know that this is the the largest scale military operation uh in Europe or invasion since World War Two. I do know that. Yeah. So whatever they measure that by, I'm not sure if it's people killed or activated soldiers for Russia's side or whatever, but I do know it's a largest scale like invasion since World War Two.
1: It might be the land covered too. Like land Possible covered by land. the invasion, the land they're going after.
0: Is Crimea a part of Ukraine?
1: Yeah. I'm not sure if it's so like an island or, is like or just a like a region. Or it's if if you look at a map, it's the little area of Ukraine that like juts out into the Black Sea, I'm pretty sure. So I don't know if you're looking at a map right now. I have one um right above my desk, so I'm looking at it right now. It's like So if you if you have one up, then you'll be able to see it, but if you don't, I'll just describe yeah, it. I mean at you it have right now. Yeah. You have the Black Sea separating Ukraine and Turkey. And Crimea is that thing that like kind of hangs down off of off of Ukraine. I'm pretty sure.
0: Ah, uh, I see it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And let me just I don't know. let me just fact check that real quick to make sure that is Crimea. I'm pretty sure it is, but I just want to make sure I'm no, not I do, I giving the wrong it. information. Yeah, it is. It's a peninsula, I, so not an island. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure, man. I'd have to do more
0: research on Crimea but as far as the the difference in the invasion. But I am a little bit skeptical, um, like you were saying, that it might be overblown right now. I mean, anytime there's a hive mind reaction to something, it kind of raises red flags for me personally. Yeah. Why is everybody – why is everyone um, having the same exact stance on this? Seriously.
1: Well, and it's become – it's become another one of those. What's what's the term for this? Like social, I forget what the word is. Like social social gesturing or something like this, where it's like. Oh, uh, virtue signaling. Virtue signaling. Thank you. It's become another one of those sort of things, you know. And and Profile again, pictures both to the Ukraine flag. Yeah, exactly. And it's like <laughs> you know, are you really are you doing that because you care about the people who are there? And what's actually happening? Or are you doing that because you want to, you know, because you care about how other people see you, and you want to make sure that you're seen as a, a good person for caring? So, bro, I mean, they're yeah, making that's...
0: a difference. Like those profile pictures are going to save people in Ukraine, man. They're really <laughs> making a difference.
1: And 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 then all these all these sanctions on Russia are definitely going to make them stop their invasion. <laughs> Dude, right? Like Russia doesn't even care. I saw that they're right. going to. They're planning on disconnecting from the global internet. Yeah, they they're, they're they're self-sustaining at this point. Bro, they could give a
0: crap less, especially
1: Putin. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. One and, and another thing is too as just quickly divulging for a second as a sports fan, you know, I'm, I don't know if you know I'm a fan of Chelsea and they're owned by I do know that. Okay, you do know about that and they're owned by a uh Russian Russian oligarch. Like, oligarch or whatever, Roman Abramovich. And so because of that connection he's being forced to sell the club and the team can't sell merchandise they can't sell new tickets so only season ticket holder, holders can go to um, go to games and there's all these other like regulations that are happening like russian people can't play like i think the playstation store is closed for people in russia and so it's like what i don't I get can't is play why <laughs> right what i don't get is why, why why are like, the people, the people why the are people are of ukraine war.
0: What? Why are we pl- penalizing the Russian citizens ag- that are exactly. against from playing place? St- like, let them at least play some video games. Come on.
1: <laughs> well, and I know, I know that sounds like <laughs> a joke, but there's a, there's other things, too, that they're being closed off to just because they are Russian people. And so it's kind of like, you know, what are we doing if if we really want to make a Facebook,
0: difference? I saw Facebook, like, temporarily allowed uh, death threats against Russians and Putin. Like, they changed their... Huh their hate speech policy to allow like hate speech against russian people and and vladimir putin.
1: Yeah, well, we know how <laughs> we know how big tech That's is we'll get into that. We'll get we'll get into that a little bit later when we talk about this uh Trump podcast, <laughs> the Trump on the Full Send podcast, but yeah. Yeah, it's Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's definitely a mess. It definitely is a little bit scary just looking at it as, you know, I mean, yeah, there is a there is a potential. I'm not going to deny that there is some potential for this to break out into something bigger than what it is right now, but I mean, it's, it's like, are we really, are we doing things just that, are we doing anything that actually makes a difference? And I'm, when I say we, I'm talking like both, you know, people like us at a small scale level, but then also the big things like these sanctions and, you know, you know, taking away all these things for Russian people, it's like you know, is this really going to make a difference? Is this going to help the people in Ukraine who are being forced out of their homes and, you know, are genuinely, you know, people say they're fearing for their life here in the States, but that's absolutely ridiculous. Anybody who says that, um, you know, there are people in Ukraine who are in horrible living conditions now, you know, living in underground, underground bunkers and stuff like that. And so it's like, do these do these sanctions that we're putting on Russia and on Russian people that have no connection to the war? Does that really make a difference? Or are we actually actively trying to, you know, de-escalate this situation in what ways we can as a as a country? and, you know, even at a level like us, are we doing what we can to help the people of Ukraine? And so it's that's the big question I've been asking myself is like, you know, what, what is this stuff really going to do? All these sanctions again and, you know, taking away things that Russian people should have a right to just because they're connected to Russia. It's kind of ridiculous, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, at least
0: at least we can know that it's Putin's fault for inflation
1: because I heard <laughs> <Yeah>. the president <laughs>
0: talking about that. And he said clearly it's even it's though that's Putin's been
1: going fault. on, even though that's been going on since what, like. 2021 or even late 2020 you know obviously it's gotten yeah. worse recently but it was getting worse recently even before this invasion so yeah but, yeah, it's, but it's definitely Putin's fault though
0: <laughs> obviously uh, vladimir putin flies over to the united states and goes to the federal reserve and turns on the money printer himself so it's his fault yeah right? exactly
1: yeah yeah he has a he has a he he's has the, the key one that and does everything it. he has he has the password to get in yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> 100 <Bro. laughs> oh how does this guy get away with this stuff man we had the president of the United know.
0: States saying I that think, Putin is responsible for inflation, bruh. What?
1: What I'm talking I, I, okay, about, my quickly, guy. Quickly, I think and this this goes back to this goes back to every president, but even most recently Trump. I think we put way too much respect and honor on the president as if they're like the the only ones that make decisions. And so I think whenever they whenever they do or say something dumb, you know, and for a lot of people saw Trump is doing dumb stuff, and now a lot of people seeing Biden doing dumb stuff. It's, I think we put give too much power to the president. It's kind of like it's almost like, and I know they have more power than like the Queen of England does, but they're almost like a, a figurehead, really, like like the Queen of England. Again, they have well, they, they have need more authority, leadership. but
0: you know, they need to they need they're to be supposed a role to. Model, <laughs> and they're. I don't think either of the last two
1: have been, if I'm being honest. Mm, I think Trump was a way,
0: way better leader than Biden. Way better. It's not even. Close.
1: Yeah, but he he wasn't somebody that you'd probably want to be like, if you know what I'm saying. I
0: think there's some aspects to him that was that he had leadership qualities. I mean, nobody's perfect. Obviously, we all yeah. we have our flaws. But um,
1: again, though, I'm just saying. I think. I, mean, I think people put, put way too Biden. much stock. I think people took, put way too much stock in the president. I think instead of looking at at one guy to lead the country we should be looking a lot closer at the you know people who lead the communities around us but well,
0: unfortunately with our with our new newly uh, evolved form of government that has gone away from federalism and power in the states um with how much power presidents have and things like executive orders now uh, basically having legislative power and also the fact i mean you have literal power when you're the commander-in-chief the head the head guy in the military that is real power and the president has that power so when you're talking about decisions to send troops overseas like biden is making decisions now or the afghanistan situation that was terrible that i mean that that is direct a direct result of joe biden um Hmm. no i mean i like those situations that's that's on the president man like that that is completely in the hands of the president now if you're talking about things like inflation that's very complicated i mean that goes back a couple of years to be honest i mean the inflation started when we started printing off trillions of dollars in response to covid and to be honest that that was under trump right yeah but so those those things like inflation we can talk about these complicated things people putting way too much stock like you're saying in the president but when you're talking about setting the setting the uh the tone on the world stage like there's a reason obviously that that Putin didn't do this when we had Trump as president and you heard you yeah. kind of heard what Trump was saying on the podcast on the Note podcast and we can kind of get into that yeah. a little bit but just how he basically had conversations with Putin and he was like look like you're you're not going to do this cuz if you do we're going to like this is what's going to happen it's the same thing uh, that he did with
1: with Kim Jong Un too you know that was a situation that 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 you know it 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 looked like there was a real chance that that we were going to head to war with North Korea in some way and now well, that's what obama was saying exactly yeah
0: and not only did not only did that deter war but i mean i th- i wouldn't say that we had a great relationship with north korea under trump but we had, at least we had a relationship
1: well and there wasn't now we're like now back to the point where like they 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 did like you know they didn't come I'm sure they didn't completely shut down but they definitely limited like their nuclear production and their missile launches and stuff like that so yeah i mean he yeah they completely de- stopped de- testing that nukes situation and stuff. yeah and and one one thing quickly i think something that i've noticed and it, it might not be this it might just be the the leaders that are in place not necessarily the party but it does seem to me like the republican party is a little bit more appealing to Russia and the democratic party is a little bit more appealing to China. Cause those are two, those two countries mm. are the only two countries in the world. I think that rival that rival the United States, you know, in land militarily area, in population militarily. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, similar numbers that you get from looking at, you know, different statistics of the United States and China and Russia and just like the economy and everything. And so, yeah, but that's, that's the one thing I've noticed. It seems like maybe it's like the way the governments are run or maybe it's the relationship between leading figures or something like that. But I think there's a, and this is going to, if anybody hears this, they're going to be like, Oh, you know, Russia did collude in the election back in 2016. That's not what I'm saying at all, but I'm just saying like, it seems like there's a connection because China, I feel like was more aggressive and everything when when Trump was president and Russia was pretty chill and now Russia is getting pretty aggressive when there's when the democrats are in at least the control of the presidency and China has seemed to be pretty pretty quiet recently i mean obviously they've had on the world stage they've had the olympics but yeah i mean that's just something that i've observed recently and kind of was brought up when i was you know just listening to the full send podcast and thinking about that is that yeah, I mean there seems to be some co- sort of connection between republicans in Russia and uh democrats in China, but just a little ob- observation.
0: Well, the culture in Russia is more conservative and Christian, mm-hmm. I believe, or some sort of Yeah, or orthodox, orthodox Christianity. or something like that, yeah. Um but I will like obviously China is communist. Their culture is it's just not it's not good, man. China's just they're really becoming a world superpower and not in a not good way. Um, I would probably agree with you honestly on that statement. I think that I think generally speaking, conservatives. I mean, I know my view on it. Like with Russia, back when Trump was running for president, and Democrats were criticizing him for even mentioning like having a relationship with Russia, he was like, "Well, if we can get along with Russia, why is that a bad thing? Like, why would you not want right. to get along with?" One of these world powers that has the has the capability of of legitimately putting us at risk in, in a war, why would you not? Well, want to and get now
1: we we've we've seen the the Democrats doing kind of the same thing with China. It seems you know. Yes,
0: maybe I would possibly agree with that. How would you say that's happening?
1: Well, just I don't know. I feel like I mean you know how like the I don't know if you knew about this, but like heading the Olympics, there was a chance of like boycotting because of the the human rights atrocities in China and I think they like diplomatically boycotted but they didn't like I don't know I feel like if if the Republicans had been you know if Trump had been president I wonder if we would have would have taken part in those Olympics I know it's not his decision to make but I don't know it just again it goes back to what I said um about you know that connection I think that exists between between the two parties and the two major world superpowers.
0: Well, I know I know that there's a connection to Joe Biden with China. <laughs> they gave the son, uh, I think, a couple billion dollars in loans for a company that basically didn't exist. So that's the connection with China. If you're talking about being rosy, and that was basically completely censored from the election. I mean, we're, we can talk about censorship with what just happened with Nelk. That was atrocious mm-hmm. and egregious right yeah. in front of everybody's eyes. Was there a was there literally any sort of that, like the video with Trump? And those, for those of you who don't know, full send is a, is a YouTube channel from Nelk, which they make like honestly stupid videos, like pretty immature <laughs> stuff like partying and drinking and all that type of stuff. Um, but they have a podcast. Some of their pranks are pretty on,
1: funny like, though. Can't lie. Some of their pranks are pretty funny though.
0: Yeah. But generally, I mean, it's not like a too serious of a YouTube channel. But they have a podcast, yeah. and brought former president Donald Trump on there. What a couple of days ago, and yep, within 24 hours, the video on YouTube had like six million views, and YouTube struck it down for having, quote unquote, violated a community guideline. Which Peter, <laughs> what
1: what guideline did it violate? Other than I, the fact I, I saw that it was, there. it was that they that it was quote, quote spreading false reports of like of like f- spreading false reports of fraud in the election is what it said um mm. yeah How do you so, feel about that? I don't think anything should be I don't care if I'm not gonna make a stance on whether I think there was any sort of tampering or whatever in the election because I'm not sure I'm not educated enough to know that or not um but even if even if that is you know False information there, you know, what happened to free speech? Why are we so scared to talk about it
0: if it didn't happen anyways? Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's something to think about. Yeah.
0: Why are they so scared? Why do they care so much? And when I say they, I'm talking about big tech and people in power. Why are they so scared to talk about the the election at all if there's nothing to worry about? If it was a straightforward election, there was no problems. There's nothing wrong with it then you should welcome somebody trying to claim there's fraud because if it's so obvious there wasn't, what's the problem? What are you guys so scared to talk about it for? Like, isn't free speech the way that prevailing ideas emerge, you know? Yeah. Breaking down each position logically, seeing where you stand and coming out with a a solution or conclusion based on
1: logic and reasoning. That is a good point. I never thought of it like that way before, but yeah I mean I guess there's there's I can't think of any other examples right now, too, but there are other things where it's like you know if if whatever's being hidden from the public eye didn't happen, yeah like you said why are you why are you so afraid for it to be talked about that is that is a really interesting point,
0: well, yeah, i mean it, it happens every time with communism they they just censor what they don't want people to know, so you have to question yeah. why are you why are you censoring it,
1: yeah, right, yeah but
0: any other takeaways from that that podcast? I know we had a couple Texas exchanges about that. <laughs> I know I know, I do, but...
1: Yeah, again, I just think, on you that? know, what, what just big, big takeaway is, like, what happened to, to free speech, you know, and, and just with it being taken down. But I guess, yeah, from what they talked about in the podcast... I um, mean, I know
0: you said you were kind of reflecting, like, kind of made you think, like, dang, things were <laughs> a lot better a couple years yes, ago. Yes,
1: okay, yeah. Um. Like... And again, even if it started a little bit under Trump with, like, inflation and gas prices, those were, those were better. And there was this thing of, like, you know, America became so divided. And it's not like they weren't already, but I feel like it just got escalated when Trump was president. And I don't think that's gone away much, if at all, that, like, division between, you know, Americans, whether it's the political... Political side of things, or just in other areas too. Um, yeah, and I mean, I don't think. It
0: really comes down to sin, though. Yeah. Like, aren't we always going to have factions in the world in general? Yeah,
1: yeah, that's true.
0: I mean, that's, yeah, so that's what I mean, what I but I yeah, think.
1: it just, it just. I mean, and obviously, in in that, Trump's going to pick out everything that that was different in a good way. Um, so obviously, there are. It's not like everything was perfect when he was president, but yeah, I mean, it did make me think like, are we, are we in a better place with Biden as president? I don't think so.
0: (laughs) No, I'll I'll answer your question very succinctly. No, (laughs) Yeah. no, look at, I mean, in my first example, the very first day Mr. Joe Biden takes his place in office, what does he do? He executive order takes out the Keystone Pipeline bringing oil into America. So now we're sitting here with gas at $4 and nine cents a gallon in my area. And Mm. in the name of green energy, Mr. Joe Biden shuts down our pipeline and we're going to go to Venezuela now to try to buy oil. How is that going (laughs) to work? I'd love to know how that's going to work. We're not exactly best friends with Venezuela. You know what I mean? Right. So now, now we're, like I said, we're paying four plus dollars at the, at the gas station because this man wants to shut down our pipeline in the name of green energy. Like, okay, that is, I just have no words about it. Like how, how does that make any sense? It does not make any sense at all. Yeah. So, yeah, I would encourage everybody to go check out that podcast. Um, it's on dot I think they put it on their website. Um, it's probably about an hour long. I think former president yeah, sat down and ju-
1: just about an hour. Yeah.
0: It's pretty cool because I mean, like, like we were saying, the Nelk is not really like a. They're they're kind of like a younger generation thing, like so. The fact they had the former president on is pretty cool. It's kind of like related. Yeah, they've actually they've actually Honestly, done pretty well. Like they us. were like,
1: they were, yeah, yeah, they were the, the the first people to talk to like Antonio Brown after that thing happened with him and the the Buccaneers. Um, yeah, you know they're they're close, they're close with Dana White. I think they've had him on the podcast at least once, I think maybe twice. So yeah, even if, you know, our, the people who listen, and even us, that's not exactly our style, the type of content that they put out there, but their their podcast is, is pretty interesting. They also... It's not, bro, they it's not right? your style
0: you do. to do what they do? I must have had <laughs> you all wrong all these years.
1: Maybe the <laughs> pranks, but... <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, okay. let's move on. Uh, What what do you what do you want to say about uh, this thing called a basketball tournament we have coming up in March?
1: Yeah, it's exciting. Just uh, it's for you. Probably for me, the the second best time of the year. I prefer like October a little bit more because you get baseball playoffs. You got college football. You got NBA about to start. You got the NFL going on. But but March is a pretty pretty good time too, and I mean, especially now we could dive into this a little bit either now or later. A little bit is you know baseball's back, the lockout finally they finally settled on a new CBA agreement, so we're going to have spring training for a couple weeks and then opening day opening is day on, on April seventh April or April seventh or eighth, I think, depending on the team. Um, but yeah, and, and then obviously you've got the I think the best the best tournament in in the world in sports really. I think it's it's always thrilling. There's always upsets. There's always close, exciting battles that go down on the wire. Um and I think, you know, you might look at like Gonzaga maybe as the top team, but I don't think there's really like a, a runaway favorite team. A lot of good teams have been have been upset by teams. Um so I think it, it should be a good tournament. There's not really again a clear favorite, and that makes that makes a better tournament too, because it's not like you know, you expect one team to just run the table, um, but yeah, it's it's an exciting time of year. We've got, you know, conference championships going on. The final ones going on today and tomorrow, and then Selection Sunday is is tomorrow, and then it's and then it's bracket filling it filling out time. So yeah, it's a it's a it's fun kind of hard time. To I'm, it's,
0: we're already in March, isn't it?
1: I know, in, in mid March too. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Sadly, my team is not that great though this year. <laughs> To root for. Yeah,
1: I mean do you want to talk about that a little bit or do you want to avoid that? Both of our teams, for those for those listeners who maybe don't don't know, we're Joe's a, a Michigan fan and I'm an Ohio State fan, and both of our teams got bounced in the in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. So not exactly great yes. times for, for those schools. Do you wanna talk about that at all or <laughs> mm, to be honest, I don't really know enough about Michigan basketball this year to even
0: dive into it. I just know we're not we're pretty mediocre. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Not well, enough to, it, to talk about. I mean, we'll probably. It's probably easier to take it after
1: after you. Yeah, it's probably easier to t- to, to uh, deal with it though after after how your football team did this year, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and I, I'm honestly, we got spring practice starting for football, so I'm I'm yeah. already getting pretty hyped for the upcoming college football season. Yeah, it's again, it's pretty crazy to think about, but we're only what four and a half months away, really, four or
1: five months away from that. Yeah. So, I mean, last last week, weekend of August. So, yeah, yeah it's not too terribly I guess five far away. It's in a couple of weeks. Yeah.
0: So, we're getting pretty close. But I'm excited for March Madness. I'm in my big old bracket group per usual, which, by the way, nice. I, did, I did not tell you about that. But if you want to join us, 20 bucks. We got a pretty big pot. Um, okay. So, let me know after the pod what you want to do about that if you want to.
1: Yeah, I'll but, let you know. Yeah, man. I'm excited
0: for it, too. Um, but we will we'll see how it goes when it, when we get started here in what a week or two. When's it start next? Late next week? No,
1: yeah. I'm, well, I mean, there's there's the first four games, which are actually in in Dayton, Ohio, every year. I don't know if you knew that, but um, at UD Arena. The, the annoying thing is, even though I was there for I was there and I covered sports for like three and a half years, um, I never got to cover those. I thought for sure I was going to get the opportunity to, but. 2020 my first year when I was covering basketball there obviously everything stopped because of COVID and then 2021 everything was in in Indy or in like not just Indy throughout the state of Indiana but mainly in Indianapolis and then and then obviously this year I graduated before I got to that so I'm a little a little irked that I don't get a chance to to cover that first four that would have been fun but you know instead I'm getting to cover the the Nebraska State Championship game today which is which is pretty exciting as well Seeing a Rematch for the third time between two teams here, so. But yeah, I mean. Spoiled in Dayton
0: with basketball. What? You were spoiled in Dayton with basketball.
1: I was, especially that first year. I mean, it didn't end how we would have wanted, you know, being canceled before they even played in their conference tournament. But, but yeah, I was I was pretty spoiled, especially that first year with Dayton basketball.
0: Yeah, now you're you're out in ten buck one point five. You don't have basketball out there. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, we actually. Well, you know what? Actually, Creighton. Creighton is here in Omaha, and they're playing in the Big East Championship game. And they're pretty solid. Nebraska basketball is garbage, though. But okay, but they so beat Ohio, you, they beat Ohio State. So for the
0: for the state championship tonight, are you wearing like overalls and bringing your corn to chew on and <laughs> yeah, like definitely a straw hat.
1: Yep, hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> like corn in one hand, what camera in the other hand or laptop in the other.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Get them nice, like, greasy fingers from the corn and everything.
1: Just tap away on <laughs> your laptop. Yep. <laughs> Got corn stuck between my teeth and everything. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, well, why don't we uh, Why don't we kind of move on to, to the scripture we wanted to talk about today? So, do you have that pulled up? It's John 4, 1 through 26,
1: I think. And then uh, what was it? Yeah. Philippians. uh well, yeah. Let's maybe we want to do Philippians first, just because you know we talked about a couple of heavy topics, especially you know going on what's going on in, in yeah. Ukraine, let's do so. that.
0: Let's do Philippians first. Yeah. So, um, you, you want me to read that.
1: Yeah, you can do Philippians four, four through seven. Yeah, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do four through nine actually, but okay. Um, so, so again, Philippians four verses four through nine um, says, "Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice." if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you.
0: Mm, that's good. Especially yeah. talking about I mean the reason we picked this was because of what we talked about with like World War 3. It's a very anxious time, you know. Well, and even and even with like inflation,
1: they, inflation too. I mean there are, you know, financial worries that that can arise because of something like that, you know you have rising prices, but no not rising paychecks, so yeah, through everything that's going on right now, I think this is a great reminder that that God's still there, and we can rejoice rejoice in him,
0: yeah, and I think it's a true test of our faith when we have times like this when things are not um always as we want them to be exactly mm-hmm. um and we see verse five like let your gentleness be evident to all, you know. I think it's a great opportunity for us to witness to others and we can kind of tie this in actually with what we're going to talk about next in John 4. But um one of the ways I think that we could be known as Christians and we could be a example for other people is even in times of testing like this, you know, if we maintain our composure and trust and have that peace about us that we get from the Holy Spirit, I think that um that gentleness like we said in verse 5 Um, being evident to all is a great way for just for us to witness others and, and have other people ask us about like our faith and like, how do you, how do you have peace right now in these crazy times? Like what is keeping you sane? Hmm. You know, and I think it's a, it's a great, it's just, I'm so grateful to have God in times like this, you know, I'm so grateful and, um, we were talking about in my church this week in my life group about, you know, the seriousness of, of our faith and witnessing to others and kind of like reasons why, um, like reasons why we don't, we, we typically do not go out of our way to, to spread the gospel to other people, like, especially in professional settings and work and everything. And we're going to get, I'm going to hold off on diving as much into that right now, but just kind of like a general thing i wanted to say in verse five here is like you know let our gentleness be evident to everybody and let that peace that you have well first of all seek the lord to get that peace because if you're not close to him right now um it's not always easy to have peace in times like this but you know letting that peace come through and just having your composure and your demeanor um be one of gentleness um, I think is very it's a great, great takeaway right now. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think on verse 5, since that's what you were mainly talking about also, I think that can be, you know, that gentleness that, that Paul talks about here, or that John talks about, sorry. Or no, 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 I was looking at the John passage. We're talking about Philippians right now, my bad. Yeah, this is Paul. <laughs> yeah, so what what Paul is saying here, let your gentleness be evident to all, I think that's... To add on to that also and what you were saying, I think it's also kind of the best way of witnessing um, You know, because sometimes we're afraid to like just outright talk or maybe not even afraid But we just we don't know how and maybe that can be connected to a fear of, of talking about, about about our faith as well But a lot of times it's just not knowing how to do it a lot of times the best way we can witness is just by showing that the gentleness and the uh compassion of christ to other people i think that that again can function as as our way of witnessing to to non-believers um even better than you know because for some of us we're not gifted with the the words to say to share uh to share christ i think we you know the bible does say we should all be ready to give an account for the the hope that we have for the reason for the hope that we have um but yeah i mean one of the best ways to witness is just by being being Christ-like and, you know, loving other people.
0: Right. And verse 7, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I mean, this is a gift, another gift from God, you Mm -hmm. know, understanding. I think it's just understanding (laughs) ultimately why we're here on this earth and where we're going, that at the end of the day, You know, this can be, like, it can can seem cliche to say this, but it's true, that at the end of the day, man, like, anything terrible could happen to us on this earth here, but we know for a fact where we're going when we die, and where we're going to spend eternity, and we know that we're saved. So, praise God, and, you know, obviously, we want to preserve, like, our nation and make sure that we're successful and safe and everything in times of potential war or whatever, and things like financial worries with inflation and everything happening. We want to preserve that culture and our our country, but also understanding that, look, worst case scenario, literally we go to war tomorrow and we get nuked. If I die, you know where I'm going? I'm going to heaven. And, yep. um, you know, that's the peace of God that transcends all understanding. And I think it's important. It's just so important to have that right now. So we wanted to throw this in there because it's not 100%. always fun to talk about stuff we're talking about right now. Um but it has to be talked about. So I'm gonna go into unless you had any other thoughts on that scripture, I'm gonna go ahead and open us up with John 4.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would just say, you know, if if you don't have have peace right now, um, whether you're a Christian or, or a non Christian, you you can you can find it find it in God and by by truly spending spending time praying or just silent in thoughts, you know, listening for what for what God might say to you. And so, again, I mean, reading your Bible is so vital as as a Christian. So, you know, if, if you don't have right. peace right now, look for passages like this. There are definitely plenty of others outside of just this Philippians passage. So, yeah, to kind of wrap that up, just, you know, lean in, on God in times of trouble. And even if you don't get the peace that is promised here on earth, you can have peace knowing that that one day you will have that peace in heaven.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I'm going to, like we're saying, we're going to go to John 4 now. So, if you guys want to follow along, it's John 4, 1 through 26. So, I guess I'm just going to read right through. So Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria. So, he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, is that how you say Saqqar or is it Sikar?
1: Probably Sikar.
0: I think it's, I think I'm it's Sikar, sure yeah. Near the field that Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was, si- as he was, yeah, as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from, Sam- a woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is that you, a Jew, ask me ask a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus asked her, If you knew the gift of God and who it, is, who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you go to get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, And did his son from his and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him. Will become in him a spring of of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman said, I have no husband. Jesus said, You're right in saying I have no husband, for you, had five, you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem you will worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from, is from the Jews." But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Boom.
1: That's powerful powerful. stuff.
0: (laughs) Yes even reading through that a second time, sometimes scripture doesn't really hit you until you say it out loud, <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, and
0: 100%. That definitely hit just now when I read that. Hmm. Um,
1: it, it did for me too. Do you want to dive into what hit for you first or do you want me to go?
0: No, you can go ahead and start off.
1: Yeah, so I know before the podcast we talked about verse 10, but I'll, I'll save that for in a second. The, the first thing I want to talk about is just this, this relationship between Samaria and the Samarians the Samaritans and the Jews. Um and that was this, you know, bitter rivalry. And I think, you know, what we just talked about between, you know, Russia and, and the Ukraine right now is a bitter rivalry. And obviously it's it's horrible what's happening there. Um but what, what I kind of took out of this listening to it now after what we talked about earlier in this podcast is, you know, the, the gift of God, which is living water and, you know, all else that comes with, with having a relationship with, with God is, you know, it can bridge those divides and it can heal those broken relationships and it can tie together even the the most bitter rivals and i'm not talking about ohio state and michigan fans i'm talking about you know the bitter bit rivals real issues the bitter rivals yes <laughs> <laughs> you know but throwback man jeez <laughs> definitely a throwback if you if you've been around the podcast <laughs> you you'll you'll know what we're talking about um but yeah on on a serious note though i mean this it's kind of it's encouraging especially with what's happening in in eastern europe right now it's like even the most broken relationships and the the most you know the, the relationships that have the most enmity between them, God can heal those broken those broken wounds and and heal them and can unite peoples through through faith in God. that's kind of what I took out of this, and that yeah, it can solve differences. Yeah, that's I mean that's pretty powerful takeaway is what I what I got from listening to this now.
0: Yeah. I came into this from a different like what I wanted to speak about being different than what I'm gonna say right now, which is I don't know. It's just the power of like putting yourself in that woman's shoes, talking to Jesus. You know? Mm -hmm. And like when he says, I who speak to you am He like, just imagine hmm. what she was thinking when he said that, you know? Yeah. We talk that about must have been amazing. getting
1: chills and wanting to cheer from watching the Batman. That's even more chills, you know? Bro, you should have started clapping. Come on.
0: Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, man. No cap, though. But if we're going to clap for Batman, why can't we clap at the Bible? Like Very true. on a On a serious note. But... Yeah. Um... Yeah, I took that away, and then, you know, what was the specific verse when he was talking about in spirit and in truth, 24, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Um, again, it's just the power of the Holy Spirit, and then going back to uh, 13 and 14, when he says, everyone who drinks of of this water will be thirsty again, talking about just regular water, yeah, but then mm-hmm. whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again the water that I will give him will become a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. So that even kind of ties back into what we're saying about Philippians four, four to nine. Um, yeah. Having that well within us of water that's you know, welling up to eternal life. Like Jesus said, is the assurance that we have that will give us the peace we need in times like this. You're talking about seeking peace and looking for scripture. It's right here. Um, yeah, you know, there are specific scriptures that maybe reading Psalms or something can give us. You know, you can look for peace and find peace in those certain scriptures. But at the end of the day, like the peace ri- is right here in the Gospels for us. It's it's the entire reason that um, that we find peace and in, in salvation in Jesus, and it's the reason that people need Jesus. You know, we're t- mm-hmm. like I said, we're talking about what we're talking about inflation and these types of things, Russia. Um, problems with our society and everything going on, but really, um, even we're talking about that, the power of the gospel comes out right here. And I mean, kind of, I think you and I were both on the same page when I was reading six verses sixteen to through twenty six. There, we were both kind of just like, dang, like that. That was power, powerful. Yeah, um, and that's just the power of the gospel. So, I hope that somebody listening to this podcast was encouraged by that. Um, I hope that, you know, and, and like, like I wanted to talk about earlier too, like we need to do a better job as Christians of, um, focusing and being intentional on having these conversations of spreading the gospel. That's kind of what mm-hmm. I wanted to touch on today is on top of that is like the importance of that. Um, cause in my life group, I was kind of telling you this earlier, Peter, a little bit, but um some of the reasons that we went over as a church about why why we sometimes don't have those conversations. Um one of our pastors like put up like came up with three points and he was like we either don't love God enough, we don't love others enough, or like it's just basically too complicated. It's like you just throw your hands up. Mm-hmm. And we broke that down in life group this week and I think they all tie into the first one of not loving God enough because if you don't love others enough, it's because you don't love God enough. And if you're think it's too, too complicated again, it's because you don't love God enough. Cause if you love God with all your heart, you understand what's at stake with somebody's soul and eternal, eternal uh, status and, and standing with God. You know, if we love God with all our hearts, one person's soul is worth doing anything to save. So priceless. Yes. I think that, This, like, if we just even had this section of scripture, low key, if we just were able to just have a conversation with somebody and say, hey, read this and think about it and pray about it and let God speak to you, you know. And and I think we all have people in our lives that maybe I think I guarantee that we can all think of one person, at least that, you know, that you could like pray for every day that needs to get to know God or maybe they're Mm -hmm. questioning like their faith or maybe they're agnostic or something. I think we all have one person at least that we could be more intentional about, about praying for um, every morning or every day or whenever you pray or maybe just starting conversations. And that's kind of, that's also something I wanted to get across in today's podcast is encouraging our listeners to be more intentional about praying for People that you know need God, because I know myself. I've gotten lax at times of doing that. You know, I think some, even some of my friends, I know that I can think of that that need to build that relationship with God. That I have gotten a little bit relaxed on praying for and having talks and conversations with them. Um, I'm not sure if you have any thoughts on that, but that's something that stuck out to me, not only from the scripture, but like I said, from what we are talking about in church this week, is just being more intentional about thinking of people that we could really make a difference on because what's at stake is very important.
1: Yeah, I agree hundred percent. I think one of the, one of the easiest things to do is to forget to pray for people. But when you remember it's the, one of the easiest things you can do, you just lift up a quick prayer to God asking that he, he either gives you opportunities to show, you know, the person that you know isn't saved for to give you opportunities to share the gospel, or you know, just be like God. I pray that you would show them, show them yourself in, and you know, whatever situations they're going through. Uh, and again, so just the point that I want to say from this is, it's so easy to to pray for people. Just the process of it. It's not like there's some special formula or anything like that. But at the same time, it's also one of the easiest things to do is to just forget that because it's it seems like such an easy thing. And sometimes the you know you remember the hard things that you have to do. You know, remember the challenges that you're going to have to face, but you don't really you don't always remember the little things that you have to do. And so I think it is really really important. You know, if you're intentional about reading your Bible every day, and this last this is kind of a message to myself too because I, I do read my Bible every day but i wouldn't say i'm intentional and and pray intentionally every day. so this is a challenge for for myself and for listeners out there is you know if you spend time in the bible, spend time in prayer too. and if you already spend time in prayer, spend time in the bible because those two those two together just get you so close to god. there's no way to quantify it. um and so if you are doing to, that
0: to philippians too real quick. sorry to interject but i need to here Going tying into that with staying in prayer and in the Word, um, I'm trying to pull up Philippians again, but I think it was talking about basically, um, like whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, mm-hmm. whatever's admirable. Think about such things. So, yep. And there's also a scripture on top of my not not off the top of my mind, but one that talks about you know talking about God, you know not just keeping limiting God to the Bible and your prayer time, but also have conversations about Christ and and God with other people, because that's going like iron sharpens iron and you're going to continue to build that relationship and just, you're going to feel fulfilled on a daily basis if you're talking about goodness and Mm -hmm. in the spirit. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to say that really quick. Sorry to interject.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I I was was kind of
0: thought there, but
1: no, that's all right. I think I was kind of wrapping it up anyways, but just yeah, I guess to wrap it up um as a conclusion to what I was saying is, you know, don't underestimate the power of of reading your Bible every day and spending time in prayer. Um if sometimes sometimes it, you can you can get a lot from doing one or the other, but when you combine the two together and also spend time having conversations with other people about God and about faith and about issues that you're going through, and obviously, God's there when there aren't other people to talk to. It's it's powerful. There's there's no way to, to quantify it. Yeah, and I would say
0: as a point of encouragement, don't overwhelm yourself. If you're trying to start mm-hmm. a prayer routine or reading routine, don't, don't go all in at the beginning because you're going to burn out. It's just how it goes. So if you're not praying or reading right now, maybe take five minutes literally. I know it sounds like nothing, but you got to start somewhere. Take five minutes in the morning when you wake up, read a couple verses, read a verse at least, and talk to God briefly. And just get in the habit of doing that. Make it a a routine. I think, Peter, you talked recently about the habit taking 21 days to be formed. I've seen some studies on that. But just Mm -hmm. do it for a period of time. Make it a habit and then increase as you build that discipline. That really goes with any discipline, but especially this one. Just get it in motion. You know, start out. Um, And I really want to, just a takeaway from this episode, if we had to say one thing, bottom line takeaway, um, be intentional about prayer. And especially be intentional, Mm -hmm. hopefully, think about somebody today, when you're listening to this podcast, whoever you are, wherever you may be, think about one person. I know they're in your mind somewhere, a friend, an acquaintance, a family member, who you really have questions about where they stand with God, and just pray about it. And ask God to, to speak to them and lead them toward him and, and to draw him closer to him. And maybe, you know, have opportunities to have conversation with that person or just pray for God to open their their heart to hear the gospel. That's the takeaway here. Um, you know, and obviously a side note we have, not a side note, I mean, it's kind of in the forefront nowadays, but just having peace about everything that's going on in the world, it's, it's crazy. But, you know, thank, praise God that we have him in times like this. So I think that's about it for this, this episode. We're sitting at about hour 15 right now. So it honestly went kind of long, but Hey, that's a good thing. Sometimes I think this is a good message today. So, mm-hmm. um, any final thoughts, Peter?
1: No, I think, I think you hit it right in the head. Just, you know, make sure that you're, like you said, intentional. If you're listening, make sure that you're intentional about spending time with God. And you know, when you, when you're seeking peace, there's no better source to find it than Spending time with God, whether that's in prayer or reading the Bible. So, if you're if you're worried or stressed out about inflation, about the potential for you know for a world war, just um remember that that God has has a source for us to go to to find peace in that. And yeah, I think that's the biggest the biggest takeaway from what we talked about today. Obviously, we we talked about a lot of a lot of the things too. You know, the Batman. If you haven't seen that, go out and see it. It's a, it's a great movie. It's a fun watch. Um, and See it two or three you know, times. make sure you, yeah yeah and make sure you set aside some time in the next couple of weeks um aside from your time with God um to to watch some March Madness too because it sh- it should be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, and and on a much smaller scale, I know you mentioned having some um worries about like, you know, war and things like that, but on a much smaller scale, even if you're stressed out about you know, the thought that Ohio State's just never going to be at mission ever again. That's you know, again, we find peace <laughs> In these scriptures, because even in such a terrifying reality that, you know, Ohio State's just not going to beat Michigan for the next like five years or so, we still have peace in Christ. So I want to g-
1: encourage you guys, um, just take peace in that. <laughs> but <laughs> clip, clip that repetition. for when Ohio State wins the clip that for when Ohio State wins the next 10 again.
0: <laughs> in all seriousness, no, oh, shoot, I can't even talk now. In all seriousness, <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's all we wanted to say today. Uh, we hope you guys took something away from this. And read the, read those scriptures we presented, go over it, to pray about it, and yeah, be intentional about your prayer. So with that being said, this is episode 12 in the books. We're making some progress, Peter. We're getting there. We're episode 12. This is kind For of... sure. We're picking up, you know? So episode 12 in the books, rate the podcast if you have not yet done so. It really does help us out. Um, follow and subscribe on Apple and Spotify, And with that being said, we will see you guys next week. Peace out. Peace.